listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars, the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. May the Lord give you his peace. Good morning. Well, here we are. One of the most famous passages of Jesus' teachings. Luke 15, the parable, the prodigal son, also known as the parable of the forgiving father. And uh, maybe we could come up with a few other descriptions. And um, it's one of those uh, stories that's only found in the Gospel of St. Luke. Pretty cool, St. Luke. Um, and how many of us have heard talks and on this, how many of us have given talks on this? So this morning I was praying, like, Lord, what am I going to say? These guys haven't already heard, haven't already said themselves. You know, it's just such a familiar um, passage. So here we go. Got some ideas in prayer this morning. Uh, first idea, I was wondering... What is the Old Testament Jewish background to this story? Like, Jesus, help me to understand what, how did you come up with this story? Like, is there anything from the Jewish religion or the Old Testament that could be like uh, when Jesus was praying over the prophet Micah, this story came to him, or, you know, like, and um, I, I presume. Obviously, a homily is not not the same as a, a Bible study, but th there are probably a lot of moments in the Old Testament that um, could be the background for this parable. Um, obviously, in the liturgy today, Mother Church gives us this passage from Micah 7, is it? Yeah, Micah 7, which describes how God is so merciful and doesn't hold guilt. So that could be one of the passages. Another is um, came to me because there's a theme playing here between the difference of being a son versus being a hired servant. And if you uh, do a Bible study on this term hired servant or hireling, uh, there's a couple of interesting things, uh, especially in the Old Testament, in the uh, description of the Passover in Exodus 12. The, uh, the hired servants not allowed to eat of the Passover. And uh, there's some eating of food here. So, you know, it's like only, you know, members of the covenant family of God can eat. Um, and then there's a number of other passages in the, um, like Leviticus and Deuteronomy, where it says if your brother becomes poor and starts to, becomes like a hired worker for you, that you have to set him free on the Jubilee year and that you can't hold him as like an indentured servant for life or whatever. And um, so there's a theme here as well of that, that uh, the, what's motivating this copious mercy, the father, it's like a Jubilee moment. So that would have been very familiar to the Jewish people, the spirituality of the Jubilee where debts are forgiven and hatchets are buried and there's a reboot or a restart, a new beginning. And um, so there's all of that going on. Um, 
And uh, so it has a lot to do with forgiveness. It has a lot to do with mercy, obviously. And uh, so there are two examples of that mercy that uh, play out very powerfully. And uh, I mention that because when you're a priest and you're hearing a lot of confessions, you will often hear people talking about their struggle to forgive. That's a, that's a big one. And uh, the Lord is calling us to help people to forgive. Now, so obviously sometimes when you're hearing confessions, you want to give a penance that is like medicine, spiritual medicine. So sometimes I will ask people to meditate on this parable as their penance. Uh, it's so rich, so beautiful. Um, another penance that I've felt inspired to give which is a concrete example of the mercy Jesus is talking about here, is the fifth sorrowful mystery of the rosary, the, birth, the death of Jesus on the cross. And in particular, the idea that those who orchestrated Jesus's murder actually show up at the cross to mock him. If you read the account, and in Jesus' response to that, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And it's so powerful, but also uh, when I give this penance, I ask the person, because you're praying the rosary, think about Mother Mary standing at the foot of the cross and that we know that in her immaculate and sorrowful heart, she echoed what was going on in Jesus's heart so that when these guys show up to mock Jesus, not only does Jesus say, Father, forgive them, that Mary must have said in her heart, Father, forgive them. Now. It's one thing to forgive something that's happened to you, but if somebody hurts somebody you love, it's so much harder to forgive them. You know, like, uh, I think we all know that. So that, that Mary would see, you know, these are the guys that orchestrated the torture and murder of my beloved son, which is happening right here. And then they show up to mock him as he's dying. And yet she stands there saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So that forgiveness of Mary also becomes an extremely powerful moment for people. And somehow the intercession of Mary, who is our mother in the order of grace, somehow her example and her intercession can win for us the grace to forgive. And then I often think about after Pentecost, so many of these guys who orchestrated Jesus's murder possibly converted and came into the church says that in the book of Acts. So there's this moment where you can imagine some of these Pharisees and scribes and, you know, being at a prayer meeting in the early church with Mary. She was there at Pentecost that this forgiveness that Mary must have offered. You know, uh, Mel Gibson captures it beautifully in the movie, The Passion, right, where Peter denies Christ three times. And then Peter has this moment where he falls on his knees in front of Mary. You know, I betrayed him, you know, and the, the tender motherly embrace that she offers him there is such a concrete example of this father from this parable, this mercy, this forgiveness. Um, and then lastly, um, I often think of the example of St. Maria Goretti, somewhat of a popular saint in different circles, but I also ask people to pray to her for the grace to forgive, but also her mother the mother of Maria Goretti. And this is why I think you probably already know this, but so Maria Goretti is murdered by this guy, Alessandro, who'd been looking at porn 
and who wanted to take her and she said no because then we can't receive communion it's a sin and so he stabs her 14 times and she dies in the hospital but she forgives him and then he's in prison and she comes to him in a dream offering him a bouquet of 14 flowers 14 roses i think one for each stab wound <laughs> whoa so and she says i'm waiting for you in heaven right and then he has this huge conversion and uh, that all of that's amazing, but then he gets out of jail, and I think he actually lived the rest of his life as a, a third order member of the Capuchins, right? If, if I remember correctly, but he comes out of jail. What does he do? He goes to the home and uh, apologizes to the mother of Maria Gretti, who, like this parable, if if I remember correctly, she forgives him and like embraces him welcomes him back and almost adopts him as her own son. And the two of them sat next to each other during the canonization mass in Rome. Whoa! What a historical example of what Jesus is talking about. Woo, the saints, you know, so Marie Goretti and her mother, who's, I don't even know her name, Mama Goretti, you know, pray for us, pray for us. And, um, and then now I'll conclude with a weird image that came to me in prayer. Because um, the weird images tend to stick, right? Like, oh, that's weird. So I'm really trying to, like, chew on this parable. See how much, you know, let's get the nutrients out of it. Chew it up. And um, I was thinking about the idea of being, you know, a son, not a hired servant. And that if I'm a son and you're a son and we're all brothers, and uh, it really made me think of the Our Father, right? We don't say my father who art in heaven, forgive me my trespasses, give me my daily bread, right? There's the plural, the Our Father. And uh, I was thinking of the letter U. Now the word R has the letter U in it, O-U-R, and the word us, forgive us, give us this day our daily bread. That also has the letter U in it. So the letter U kind of looks like a cup, right? In English, it kind of looks like a cup. And I, I was, the Lord was asking me in prayer, how big is that cup, that letter U, how big? And uh, that letter U is so big, there's room for everyone in it. So the R, Father, the forgive us. It's like this huge cup that's got room for everyone. And what that means, at least for me, <laughs> is that there is no one that I can say, sorry, there's no more room. You know, in terms of forgiveness, in terms of looking upon another as a brother and l looking upon another for forgiveness. Like, uh, there is no one that we could say, sorry, this isn't for you. Sorry, there's no room for you in this cup, you know, this, this letter U, which is in both the word R and in the word us. So anyways, that's weird, right? <laughs> but I bet you won't forget that. So, um, so brothers, we pray for the grace to, to look upon others as brothers, to be perfect perfectly merciful as our heavenly father is perfectly merciful that our forgiveness 
is extended to everybody without exception. And um, St. Francis says in the admonitions that the only thing that would make us upset is sin. And even then, we're only upset because of the harm a brother does to himself when he sins. Um, And uh, so we pray for these graces these days, the grace to forgive and the grace to be merciful as our Father is merciful. Amen. So the Lord was speaking to me. So I just want to share it because it's a forgive the follow up to the homily. So the O of our, you know, so it's not, it's the plural, our Father. The O looks like the host. The U looks like the chalice, you know, together. And then the R stands for reconciliation. I just felt, you know, how, uh, how important, you know, oneness comes from the Eucharist. You know, it's the one chalice, the one loaf. It's the place of reconciliation. It's the place where we're most united. We're in communion with the Lord, with his body and blood. And then we're in communion with one another and through the Lord. But it just hit me so powerfully, like the O, the U, the R, the, the host, the chalice, reconciliation, you know. So for what it's worth, it speaks to me. So. <laughs> been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans